Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. You broke it. <laughs> yeah, we're struggling with technical difficulties. I am RUScreening.com's uh, own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shade Leonard. I, hello. I could look at the motherboard here all day and not really know because I'm so used to you setting it up. And and this is weird. This is the first I, time we just aren't. Yeah, we're no, not, there were we always uh, some demons playing with the, uh, some two-year-old demons probably. Oh, you playing with put it the, off uh, on the kids? Oh, well, man. yeah. All Who right. else am I going to put it off on? I don't, I don't know. know. I thought you might the, man up and take some responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Anyway. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> all of a sudden, just hi. Yeah. This week, we are covering uh, Django Unchained. Yes. And Promised Land. Right. And I think what we're going to do next week, just to prepare... <laughs> we're already on to next week. Yeah. Until we love both of these Because, uh, the, you know, the way that uh, scheduling works with the movies and everything, I was thinking about doing Zero Dark Thirty, but that actually doesn't come out wide until the week right. after. Right. And I was thinking next week we might do, like, the best list, yeah. and then we were talking about doing our, our own unique awards <laughs> yeah. for the uh, <laughs> movies that can't get nominated for awards and all that stuff. So I think that might be next week. That'd be fun. Because uh, nothing else terribly interesting comes out. Because it's, you know, Promised Land comes out next week. Right. So we're doing we're that already. That. So, yeah, um, we can start with Django and Chain and see if we just if we go for, for hours a, yeah, and if hours we go for a long way, then we've already got next week taken <laughs> then, care of. Right. So, so um, and, you know, other than that, I don't think there's anything, uh, you know, we don't have anything super coming up. But... Next week, that will be our best of the year slash kind of right. award. So we have that coming up. And I do want to thank uh, all our listeners again, because last week when we did the show on like Christmas Eve Eve, right. which I kind of expected, maybe we're not people's number one priority <laughs> two days before Christmas. But, you know, we did not actually have a real significant drop in That's listens. Amazing. So, yeah. Thanks, everybody. So that is That's really kind of unbelievable yeah. in itself. And, you know, it's also cool because you can tell it, it's kind of fun to do this show just to find out the things that you can find out about what <laughs> right. people are doing and stuff, yeah. you know. But, but what we uh, have been getting over the last, like, three or four weeks is – some very cool information about people who are subscribing because, uh, you know, day after day, we're still getting tons of listens, you know, the next day and the next day and right. the next day. So that means people are subscribing. Right. And they just and, don't, yeah. you know, yep. download it until that day or something, as opposed to just whoever happens to tune in live e and, you know, show up yeah. or something like that. So that is really awesome. But last week I was pretty surprised. Yeah, and very happily surprised. Well, it's just it's it's also one of these things I could see both sides of too. I didn't necessarily think we would have big numbers for live um, statistics, but people are going to be driving to relatives' places, and if they're up for movies and they want to listen to us ramble about stuff, maybe that would be something they'd throw on the right, podcast. Sure. So, but the live stuff always boggles my mind. Right. That. You our our, li our live, live numbers and, actually, you know. our live numbers last week were almost the same as they've wow. ever well, been. That's very so, cool. so that is even more well, bizarre. You know, we'll give them something to listen to. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so I'm thinking uh, Django Unchained uh, obviously comes out first. So right. you know, Promised Land's not till next week. And you know, the the strange thing is, is that especially going through this year, you know, when it was back in summer and we were both hating life. <laughs> basically because right. virtually every movie we saw completely let us down. Right. And you know, not that it's, we got to call her again. Not I that it's this. not just totally awesome. Right. Um, time of year and everything is supposed to be good. Right. right. But I'm surprised by a lot of movies yeah. at the end of the year that I am liking them way right. more than I expected. And it's like the flip of the summer. Right. It really is. Uh, so we do have a caller, and by the way, the chat is open and everything, yep. and the number is there if you're listening live. But let's uh, check out let's our see caller. Who this is? If this will load. Hello, caller. Are you there? 
I hope not because I just turned in. I'm listening. I'm sorry, I didn't catch all that. What was that? Hello? I'm sitting in for a hair dry. I just turned in. I'm just listening for like one minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. That's a mistake. <laughs> That's a mistake. Okay. <laughs> you mistake called us? Did did you have a question? No, I mean I just listened. Basically, I just called in. I I don't even I didn't hear any conversation, and somehow it went to one. I, you know, I don't know what happened, but I'm sitting under a hair dryer with conditioner on my hair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank. You. Well, I guess we'll let you go then. Okay. okay. All right, hang in there. Okay, thanks. Yeah. That's well, that, awesome. So that was fun. Well, and for a second, I thought I, I misunder I misheard her because we were fixing this sound that we got an issue with. I right. actually thought she was calling in to say we she couldn't hear us. Oh, right. And right. I thought for a second, like, oops, right. now we've got to do some weird generating with since things. our headphones aren't working. Right. I don't know what I don't know what could happen that would just affect our headphones. Anyway, yeah, I don't even know. So we um, we apparently are being heard fine. Which is good. I, we can hear us through We there. can hear us through anyway. this. I don't trust the home. So, um, so, yeah, great. That was fun. So, uh, Jango and awesome. Jay, we, we would love to get your calls. Right. So, any any even call. Even if they're accidental. It's, it's awesome. Uh, so, Django Unchained, as I'm sure everybody knows, Quentin Tarantino movie, yep. and has some, uh, you know, some great people in it. Jamie Foxx is, is really good. He's really good. And just no surprise. And, you know, I think, for me, uh, the weirdest thing in Unchained is Christoph Waltz not getting nominated. It, it, it is because really, he was awesome, I thought. I, I cannot believe how amazingly fun it, was, it is to watch him. I thought it, it was exactly like when he was in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. You know, like in Inglorious Bastards, that one scene, you know, towards the very beginning where he's sitting mm-hmm. in the house and he's just – that's like one of the best it scenes awesome. of the decade. Yeah, and, and he was amazing, and he is really just as good in this. It, yeah, he doesn't quite have maybe something to do that is so pointedly, uh, you know, celebrating his abilities like that scene kind right. of is. Right. So he doesn't have anything to do that would stand out quite so much as that. But he was just as good. He's he was so, when awesome. he's when he's the main focus of the story, you know, before he gets Django to the point where he can kind of go on his own. Right. It, it's amazing to just watch every scene he's in. Like, I mean, Jamie Foxx is an accomplished and talented guy, no doubt. Right. And he's and I didn't he's even very, look at and him. He's very good in. This. Yeah, and he's and he's great. I didn't even look at him. But if, he if Christopher Waltz is exactly. in the scene, he I'm is, watching him all the time. He is just like he is. Um, and everybody, it's not like it's Jamie Foxx, but um, I mean everybody. And there are lots of there are lots of people doing really well. And yeah. I'll tell you another thing is that in general, I can't stand Leonardo DiCaprio. I know you don't like, him and at all, he was good he in was, this. He's really good. He in this. he pulled this off very well. And you know, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of over the topness that I mm-hmm. kind of started rolling my eyes a little bit, but it's not really him. It's right. what he's supposed, what to, be he's supposed doing, to be doing and he's right. doing it exactly doing the great. way he's supposed to be yeah. doing it. So it's not I, like it's his fault, but, but even, I, I even liked him. Samuel L. Jackson is in this. He was doing the best acting he's done. Yeah. Probably it ever. Is, and, and some of the stuff you forget, like Samuel L. Jackson just has this, you know, he's a universal voice. When you hear him, you know exactly right. what he's doing. You can tell by his intonation if he's pissed or amused or right on the razor between them both. Right. You, know, you understand what he's conveying vocally. Some of the most amazing moments in the movie when he's in it are just the way he looks at you. Yeah. You know, and, and he's he got is, this amazingly menacing. Like, he is this character in, in a pretty amazing way because yeah. this is a, a – very complicated character to pull off exactly right. Not Man. everybody else is. Right. And, you know, Jamie Foxx, for as good as he is, he does not have the most complicated character. He has, like, a fairly straightforward character. Right. And even um, Leonardo DiCaprio, right. he's really good, 
but you know, his character is kind of pretty straightforward. It is, again, it's, it's just a, that it's guy, a cliche right? of that that person. And, and Samuel L. Jackson's character is is very complicated. He's basically he's basically entrusted to play a double agent. You know, he's got to play you know the houseman, right? And then he's also got to play the guy who and, is and like just Django deadly. even says, you know, at at one point right. when they're in their scheme, we will kind of run quickly through like what the movie's about in a second. But um, Jamie Foxx's character, who is Django, he even says at one point, like he doesn't want to be a black slaver. Right. Because that's only like one step above being the head house nigger. Right. (laughs) And and then we fight and then we run into Samuel L. Jackson. That's who he is. And and you immediately know each other and they not know each other. And you, you get exactly why Jamie Foxx said that, right. why Jago right. said that, as soon as you found, as soon as you run into him for a few seconds. You know, it's it's kind of easy. You know, the last film that Tarantino did was Inglorious Bastards, and it's easy to just kind of set this up, both because there's a lot of. It's interesting to see him also use his repertory kind of ensemble guys. He's got a lot of the same people right. that show up in minor roles. I was I was you know frightened. A bit of you know Christopher Waltz in Inglorious Bastards, and in here I was just kind of you know amused and en- engaged by him. But I was I was frightened of Samuel L. Jackson. Right. I didn't know how because dangerous that, he that, was. That seems like it could go wrong. Right. And, if you're and just when, looking at the credits or something. And when it all yeah exactly. And when there's moments in this in the story where things do kind of switch from you know Django and Christopher Waltz character Doctor King Schultz. Right. And it goes over to the other side, the power play, like that's a tense moment. Right. And they both, they all just look like animals circling, you know, the carrion. And yeah. it's, it's awesome. And you know, what's really weird. Um, well, actually let's, let's just, uh, it's an easy summary. So let's yeah, just, let's no. just run quickly through. This is, um, if you've seen the, uh, trailers and everything, this is actually, you're we'll getting, talk about that you're later, actually please. getting a little bit different thing right. than what you think you're getting because we talked about this when we came out. The trailer yeah. sets it up as though, um, you know, he goes to get Django because Django can identify these three people that he's trying to capture. Yep. And, um, you know, Christoph Waltz's character is uh, a bounty hunter right. and a dentist. And a dentist, right. So a former dentist. Y- y- you need that, whatever. Hunter. So he's a bounty hunter and he's after some people <laughs> that he doesn't know what they look like. Right. And, and you know, this is not the internet days, so right, right. what do you do if you don't right. know what someone looks like? Word <laughs> is and this guy, Jangle, from this particular right, area does know who they are. And on a certain plantation where they were at one point. And right. so now he – so he goes and uh, gets Django to come and – Basically, just so that he can go places, and right. and they've got to go like from plantation to plantation right. to see where these guys might be now, because yep. we only know maybe area. a general right. area. Yeah, and so he takes them so that he can identify uh, these bad guys, whatever, so he can kill them. And you know, as they go through this, they they keep getting like one more step <laughs> of adding to the deal, right? And but to the credit of, you know, uh, now I can't remember Christoph Waltz's character's name. Dr. King Dr. Schultz. Yeah, that's right. So, um, Dr. Schultz. Dr. Schultz. Obviously. There you go. So, there, he makes the deal. He is, you know, opposed to slavery anyway. Right. And and they have an interesting conversation about that. Funny how he's like, but, that. you know, it kind of serves my purposes right, right now. Right. To he's like, I feel a little, but something. I feel guilty. So, right. we're going to still work it out. And uh, so, yeah, and as things go on, you know, their deal to begin with is help me do this and then I'll give you your freedom right. and, and I'll give some, you some money, money and, and whatever. Yep, and I'll point you in the right direction. And so and, then they do that. Yeah. And then he says, well, you know, you're kind of good at that, this. That seemed to work out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, if you keep working with me through the winter. Yep. Then I'll give you, you know, more money, X amount of the right. bounties or whatever that we bring yeah. in, and blah blah blah. And then when we're done, I'll help you get your wife back because right. then it all becomes about, uh, you know, Django was sold separately from his wife, right, uh, on purpose as a punishment, as, right? Yeah. Right, as part of the punishment, <laughs> they were sold separately, whatever. That's a particularly chilling scene, too. By the way, when the guy <laughs> it who is. literally yeah. owns them says, "We're going to sell you at the same time together." Right. Separately, you're going very cheaply, right? Because I want you to know you're leaving, nope. and you're not going to know where she goes, right? And you're going to go 
Right. Somewhere that gonna, sucks. That's really if you're, right, you're going to go somewhere cheap. Will buy you right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, and uh, as, you know, things progress through that, it we basically get to, um, you know, actually we get a, a really interesting amount of them working together right. and, and going through this winter. Yep. And um, then eventually we we get to the point where we find out where she is. Yeah, and, who bought her. Where and it's Leonardo DiCaprio yep. and um, the Candy, Mr. Candy. Yep. I don't know. The Candyland. Right, in Candyland. The Candyland plantation. Yeah. And um, obviously, right, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like the craziest bastard ever. Right. You know, he couldn't just be some guy who happens to own slaves. And, right, and be sympathetic, you know, but it's, still be right, like it's, Dr. Schultz. No, he's, it's a, he's a cliche. It, it's like we were right. talking about this, you know, a few yeah. movies ago, and I don't even remember exactly what the movie was, but, you know, it's like there there were some slave owners who were not necessarily the mm-hmm. most evil person who ever walked the earth. Right. I mean, they couldn't all be. Right. right? They couldn't right. all be the most evil, a, right? Right. And but no, the one we're going to look at now mm. <laughs> is the really somebody psycho has to be, and we're right? going to make him the one. Yeah. And so then it just comes down to now we are trying to get her back, and the you know schemes to try and and it's a very get her and how it's going to all come a, down. Yeah, and there's a very subtle like effective. It wasn't just like a like a throwaway mini story underneath all this, which is Christopher Waltz's character, Doctor Schultz's German Christoph. Christoph, you're right. Christoph, right. Doctor King Schultz, his character is German, and right. it turns oh, out right, that, right. that Django's wife was raised and taught to speak German. So right. he has a very interesting in to eventually bargain for her to eventually get to the point where it would not be a strange thing. Right, and it's absolutely perfectly say, believable. Hey, in fact, right, when it comes up right. as a as a secondary thing when they're all having dinner, you know, he's kind of like, well. Would you consider parting with her? I enjoy speaking my home tongue, right? You know, my home language with someone you have no idea what it's like, and and he's just like, yeah, I don't care, whatever, and he's into it. You know, he's like, whatever, we talk about it first, right? Because they and this is all under the guise they are pretending to have this whole other deal, right? Which is a far more interesting thing, and you know, so that sets that sets the big and you know as. I think we both kind of said right when we walked out of the movie and the thing that was one of the things that was best um, overall, it's a very fun movie. But one Mm -hmm. of the things that was cool for me is that if you know the general storyline, this is very much a movie, no matter how much it tries not to be or or maybe Tarantino thinks he's trying not to be. Right. This is just a movie that you can't not know everything that's going to happen. That that's that's just. The genre we're in, almost right. really. I mean, it's you know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a western, and it's a certain type of western. Yep. But this is not a movie that has never been made before. Right. And this is not a story that's never been told before. It has little twists, and maybe, and everything. But in general terms, when you go into the movie, once you're about twenty minutes in, right. if we stop the movie and said, and, hey, and you what said, you so happen? what exactly right. is going to happen? You would know. Right. But. This movie still manages to surprise you a lot, yeah. and that was really and it comes pretty cool. At, and it comes at a climax of – And uh, it's very a, Tarantino, of, of the very way that it surprises it, you. It does, and we talked about it. Once it happened, it was just like – I remember like literally being aware and being like, I, I don't really know what's going to happen next. Right, and right. this is really fun and now the characters are all on their own. Especially, right, for us, that's crazy. Right. I mean, because I mean, we, we just always – we always – yeah, because right? they always follow a formula. And it's not that Tarantino in his past hasn't followed a formula. You kind of know there's going to be – Right, and the, a, unless yeah. a movie is specifically trying to be some kind of mystery movie where you're right. not supposed to know who done it right. or something – then you right. know you're still playing with the same formula as tons of other movies, yeah. and you have to get to the end, and you have to get there somehow, right. and you know you can figure out what's coming. It's yeah. not like you're really outsmarting anything to yeah. to know what's coming. It's not like it's really trying to hide what's coming. No, it really isn't. Anyway, yeah. and and most movies aren't. But you, when you sit down to this movie, you know what's going to happen, and when you're at the end, you were right. Right. But you still got to be surprised yeah. at yeah. Uh, along the way in a lot of ways. And, you know, <clears throat> one of the things is um, once you get a certain 
amount into the movie. And there are tons of characters in this movie. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, Don Johnson has a part in it. Right. And, and a pretty interesting one, even yeah. though it's not a real long part. Good. Um, but there are lots of people coming and going and everything. Mm-hmm. And even the people, like, you know who's going to die. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just one of the things right. that you know going in. Right. You're like, you know, we're going to get to a point where so-and-so is going to die and this yeah. person's going to die. And yet they die in ways that you don't think they were going to die. Right. And it's so Tarantino, yeah. really, that that would happen. Yeah. There's one major part that I'm I'm totally not going to spoil the part because it's pretty close to the end. But there was one part that really surprised me when it was um, – I just didn't think, you know, when we're in – this scene of this act of the movie where at this point mm-hmm. I did not think people were going to die the way that happened or that was going to play out the way that happened. And then all of a sudden you're just kind of watching the movie, like you said, going, well, now I'm at a whole other right. level of interested right. because now I don't know where I we're know, going. I still you know, know I'm, so. I still know how it's going to get to the end, but right. all these different segue patterns it's taking. Right. It, it was very cool. So, um, so overall, though, it, it was so fun, but, uh, you know, we both kind of had a problem with the timing. I mean, it was – yeah, it's long, and it, it yeah, is and not weird as – Two hours and 45 minutes long, which is – Which is long. Right in, it's right in the wheelhouse for Tarantino's films. Right. You know, they're always about this length, but there was there was a period in this one where – it, it really showed and it really felt like it just right. stretched. But you know, like like Inglorious Bastards, I don't think was this long. I'll and, look. Real and quick. I, you, you I could be wrong. wrong. You could maybe look it up. I'll look real quick. I feel like it was you know maybe two twenty. It's two thirty two thirty three. Is it really? So it's only twelve. Minutes I didn't long, think it was that long. Twelve minutes less, which is. You know, but that's a very you know that's a very different thing too because man, it did not feel as long. As it really didn't. It because it was. I, I you know I don't even know but there there were I don't know how to compare them exactly on the timing thing but this yeah. one just had some points where by the time you got done you were like that could so be twenty minutes shorter mm-hmm. and it would have been so much better because there are some dragon parts where yeah. you just kind of start to feel that you've been watching it for a long time and I never felt like that in Inglorious Bastards it, I didn't and there was there's a weird part and it doesn't give anything away it's just this thing that you covered when the in the summary of the film which is when they're both learning uh Django and Dr. Schultz are kind of teaming up to to catch a bunch of bounties on on bad guys and there's a weird moment where it suddenly scrolls and it just says okay now that they've gone through the winter you know now that they're right, here they're going to go they're going to go look for they're going to go whatever, look for Django's right. wife and it was it was just this weird kind of narrative break where it, it's not that it isn't done and it isn't done contemporarily. It was just really unexpected based on the pacing of everything that was happening right, then. Right. And it was strange because you and I, one of the things that we talked the most about when we left was how the trailer makes the movie look like a like a still Tarantino film, but a different Tarantino film. Right. And we had both kind of silently agreed that we knew what this Tarantino movie that we thought we were going to see was going to be. And which I thought was interesting, you know, that right, we, because we that's, had both that's had what the, same the trailer completely and we had talked about towards, it all, but right. it makes you look it, the trailer makes it look like this is the type of film it's going to be. And then it isn't necessarily that at all, though it's still a you can't mistake this as a Tarantino movie, but it's it's just different and sometimes those weird transitions of things I don't know how much if you added those up would that shave off 10, 12, 15 minutes. But looking back on it, there are these great scenes of dialogue with with characters either giving a monologue like when uh, when Samuel L. Jackson has that really terrifying one and when Django's in trouble. Right. And he's you know kind of bound and he has to listen to him. Like that's a very important speech that I would never consider cutting. And the stuff where Dr. Schultz and Django are talking, even though it doesn't necessarily move a bunch of stuff forward in the story it gives their character, but it's I great wouldn't cut stuff, that stuff. Right, right. It's it's a weird feeling film because there's somewhere there's a there's a chunk of time that you should be able to shave and make this feel quicker because it's not like the other films that he does feel like this. Right. This is the only one that I've ever seen that feels like this. Right. And it's, it's kinda weird. It's a it's a strange sense too because the movie is so fun. It really is. There's so much of it that is really fun, and you are really into watching it. Mm-hmm. And then there just are parts, and it's almost like you don't – it's not so obvious where it's gone wrong. Right. Because it's like right. whatever you're watching, there just are slower parts. 
where, you know, there's the whole thing where they are taking the big trek mm-hmm. to uh, DiCaprio's <laughs> plantation, Candyland, Candy yeah. right. you know, thing. And it's this long journey that mm-hmm. we're watching them for a long time. Yeah. And as it starts happening, you know, you're not thinking that you don't like it. Right. But by the time you get to Candyland, you kind of think, God, I was watching that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's like. And you, there's a you, lot of stuff that happens. And, and uh, a lot of stuff on that journey happens that is later very important to some characters. Like right. they, they make some very important life or death decisions based on that journey. So right. you've got to have it. Uh, I know. But you, you're right. It's just like you're watching. You're like, did I just But it's like seven somehow, somehow like, there's – but there's yeah. several – several things that are like that where right. it's you know it's not that clear what minute we cut or right. then what 30 seconds we cut or right. what we cut to add up to maybe 20 25 minutes that we take out of the whole movie <laughs> yeah but there are these times where you go yeah. boy i feel like i've been sitting here for a long time how funny now, how know? funny would it be if the director's cut actually was a little longer Shorter. and made it fit <laughs> It was a little longer, but it made it feel faster. Right. Like if I they could, were just, I, I can, can really see do that. Yeah. Actually, where there are scenes that are in there that just where there make it are less choppy, where you know maybe the really maybe bizarre. the problem is that we cut the wrong thing. Maybe you know? I don't know. there are these long stretches where maybe they cut something out in the it, middle that made it the made whole it thing move a little faster. It's funny. I, I did like um, after we saw it, and after I knew what my feeling on it was, then I can then I can feel comfortable about looking at other people's reviews. Just seeing right, because right. I'm kind of curious. And it wasn't a review. It was just kind of like a um, it was like a story about Tarantino and how someone had said that they think he's actually suffering. Um, they didn't really say what we were saying, but what they're implying was that his longtime editor had died several years ago, right. and that they think Tarantino's suffering for it. That he basically he's still got this story, but it's not what it used to be, as brisk and as sharp as it used to be. Right. And I don't now that I know that I kind of see that. I think I would need to see another movie. Right. You know, the next Tarantino film. Well, to really feel if that's true or not, maybe this maybe this is just something that we felt and nobody else did. I don't know. Right. I don't know. But it it, it really stood out to me. Yeah, me too. And and but especially, like said, especially we we're still having fun. It's not a big negative oh, yeah, thing. You're still right. having fun, but it's you're not aware a terrible of it. thing. But you it's, know, it's, it's just something you're aware of. It's just one of those things, especially when you think back to Inglorious Bastards, which now we find out. now we find out was not that much shorter, right. which I thought it was at least another 10 minutes or 15 yeah. minutes shorter and it turns out it wasn't but it completely felt like, felt it, like was. it was i mean yeah. just so clearly and you know this is one of the things where you have these weird pacing things where you know not everybody who goes to movies can like kind of put their finger on exactly certain problems with things because right. you know it's like you know every movie that gets made is five hours long right or or thereabouts right yeah. and then it's all about what did what final result do we edit down to or whatever? Right. I mean, there are some movies that are unless you're Peter Jackson that are like, not I don't that good. Cut, I don't want to cut anything. I there are some movies, movies that are movies. there are some movies that are not I that great that are exactly as long as they are right. and, and <laughs> right. aren't edited down from right. anything or whatever. That's but right. you know, most movies most do get that. They film movie. all kinds of extra stuff and yeah. then they go. Maybe when we get to the final thing, mm-hmm. I'll think that this works better over that or you know. And there's lots of choices to be made. And maybe there are maybe maybe there are it certain just would things be really like funny that where we don't know who's making the decision. Yeah, or, or how that's working, but but the but the important thing is like exactly what you said. You're you're aware of it, but it doesn't mean it's not fun. But yeah, you're still not a blast taking it away. It, so and especially you know if uh, people have been listening to this show for a while, if you've heard us make the same complaint right. over, and over, over and over all year long, yeah. This is not one of those movies, right? Because we have seen, and we're not afraid to say it. We have seen you know, plenty of movies. Yeah. This year, where that's what we were talking about, except that it was horrible. Horrible. It was awful eventually to still be sitting there. Yeah. And you're just wondering how long, how much longer can this possibly go on? Yeah. Here, it's like a a smaller thing. I mean, it's still a problem. We're still, I think, at the point of problemness. Yeah, but it's just not that. It's not that bad. It's just something that you notice. Right. It's kind of like. I don't know why this just popped in my head, but Uh it's kind of like the one woman who gets shot in this movie and goes flying off (laughs) in the other direction. The weirdest problem with this, I thought it was awful because it's like it's that same sort of problem. It's a little bit of a thing that people might go, (laughs) 
what is that? Right. But it doesn't really, you know, ruin anything. It's yeah. not a it's not a horrible thing. That's the same kind of thing as the time thing, I think. It's still a little weird. I think it, that part is a little weird. I I love it. Uh, okay, really what we're talking about is there's a Django shoots a woman diagonally away from him and she flies off perpendicular to where she should have. Right. And, but, and when that happens, it's exaggeratedly like she. It, oh, looks it's like she way, it looks like she's not only being dragged off by fifty horses, but it looks like she's been shot by a shotgun. Right. And it, he's just it, got a. It looks shooter, like so. it looks like it's she. An, it looks like she got shot by a shotgun that was you know right in front right of her. Right in front of her. Right. And she just he's explodes he's a ways way. away from her. Right. And not only that, but he just shot a whole bunch of other people, and they didn't go flying anywhere. They just got shot and right. fell down like normal people well, do in the movies or whatever. And right. she just goes like. Bing, like she's a <laughs> pinball yeah. or something. It goes flat. Anyway, so she was I, shot with a righteous bullet. I, I thought that was weird. I enjoyed the hell out and, of it. But it's not something where you would go, well, now I hate this movie. Right. I mean, no, it's just like some, it was just it's something just some tiny like, little yeah. weird thing, right? Yeah. Where And how could you not? I mean, it stands out it's as too something that, yeah, that you're going to go, whoa, thing. what is right. she got, Even if she got shot. Even if you like it and right. don't see it as a problem at all, I go, that was awesome. You right. still can't help but notice it. In my head, literally, when she flew off the screen, I just went, man, she got shot. She got shot a whole like, lot. I, I was like, like thinking exactly. that was that. She did. She had like the power of the force behind that or something. It doesn't give anything away. I don't even know why I feel like I have to say this if people haven't seen it. It doesn't give anything away. But in this scene, there's a great moment that I was really excited when – Django is basically dismissing people that aren't supposed to be around, like other slaves and, and whatnot. Right. And there's a moment where Samuel L. Jackson, the the guy he is playing Stephen, uh, he calls out to me, goes, "Not you, Stephen. You're right where you need to be." Right. You're, you know, and I'm like, right. "Oh, this is gonna be great. Yeah. I love this. That was cool. But it's such a good and, line. And you know, going back now that we you know covered the kind of plot summary real quick, mm-hmm. um, going back to Samuel L. Jackson, I mean. It's so bizarre because he is like five different people. Yeah, in he this really movie. is, and and that's exactly who the character he's playing would be. At, yeah, as as old as he is, he's right. the, he's the old like head house nigger of yep. this plantation and has been for. And he's in charge of everybody God else knows around. How right. long, right? So he's, he's only answering. To he's candy. in charge of all the other slaves. Yeah. And and by the way, I only say he's the head house digger because that's what they say in the movie. Right. Well, <laughs> they and, yeah, obviously I mean, say that all the time in yeah. the movie. But right. anyway, um, they say it a lot more than we were. He it. he is like you know when Leonardo DiCaprio's around, yep. he's one person. Right. And when he's in the back with the other slaves, he's another person. And yeah. when he's, you know, kind of not real happy about what's going on because right. he doesn't like Django's attitude and stuff, then right. he's almost kind of in another role. Yeah. And there are certain times where he is like uh, any – almost any other like old, cranky, like, mm-hmm. you know, person who was your nursemaid growing right. up who's not a slave. Right. He's kind of like in that role a little yep. bit where, you know, he smarts off. Right. outrageously to Leonardo yep. DiCaprio. And he takes it as a part of banter. But then, but... Right, but then there are other times where, you know, he's like the little parrot on his shoulder. Right. When yeah. he, and he actually, like, leans That's in awesome. to, like, be the parrot yeah. on his shoulder. And, you know... Those moments are great. He's a perfect on character. And it's... then you get that one scene where he's sitting in the library. That's chilling. And all of a sudden, he's a whole different character. In where that it's moment, like the very he's... private him yep. and... And DiCaprio, when they are totally in their private discussion, right? Then he's a whole other person, and yeah. it is really good and really kind awesome. of creepy, and yeah, and he, for him he, to do all, all of, of them, things. and sometimes fluidly, like literally being the but like the charismatic to the next parrot. Then he's like, no, 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 I'm I'm the man in charge, and he's like, goes into the kitchen, and all of a sudden he's ready to just obliterate everybody. Right, you know, I mean, right. he's literally fluidly moving. And, and really, the the whole fact of having this character is, yeah, I think one of the best things in the movie mm-hmm. that kind of just brings out a lot of the the whole movie because it's. It all comes down to when Django says, you know, right. I don't want to pretend to be a black slave trader right. 
because that's just as low as you can get. That's right. the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Well, except for right. head, head right. house, nigger. house nigger. Right. Right. And yeah. and you just watch this and you're thinking, why would he be like that? It's right. so bizarre to kind of actually get your hands dirty in like different parts of human nature, you know, right. where Samuel L. Jackson's character like basically throws a monkey wrench into something right. that is going perfectly fine and would go perfectly fine if it weren't for him. Yep. Why would he do that? Yeah. How, yeah. how are people like that? And, and so it's so weird. And the whole movie is filled with how are people like right. that? Whether it's the good characters, even yeah. where where you go, how are they like that? Like, right. How can they, how can they be like that, even when it's not a bad thing? Yeah, yeah. The, it's like the whole theme going through the whole movie is figuring, trying to at least get a look at how people are can be in these can be crazy they are in this time. Yeah, yeah. And and even um, even you know, there's uh, the scene where um, now I can doctor. Schultz, yeah. when he for the first time talks to Django's wife, right, and both of them getting through that scene and the conversation that they have to have, right, is uh, is really fun to watch. Yeah, both of them just trying kind of not to react and yeah. try, you know trying to just, <laughs> and, the, and then we finally reveal Jane. It's awesome to see her like real confusion, you know, she, cause he's sitting there talking about how, you know, somebody's really interested in her and we're going to get her out of here. And she's like, I have no right. clue and, who you and, mean. And like, and I you can't have think to, of one person. And you have to, you have to think of, you know, the room she thinks she's walking into right. when she first gets there. Yep. And where she thinks she's going and what's going to happen and how she has to suddenly react to, right? you know, it, it's like he was speaking a language she didn't understand. Yeah, really. I he's mean, talking it, to her and she's, she's, saying not, she's not listening at yeah, all. She's like nothing she can put together that it's makes the, any sense. It's in the trailer, so it's not a giveaway. It's just really funny when the door opens and Django's standing there and she clearly faints. And right. Christoph Waltz is like, you silver tongue devil. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's such a great moment. So, um, and, and you know that's like still not even talking about Jamie Foxx, who is really good. I know we're talking and, all and around. He him. has a lot of stuff to do too. Yeah. Now he's really good, but it's kind of funny because, like you said at the beginning, you know, when Christoph Waltz is on the screen, it's like he's not even there. Uh, yeah. And all we've talked about, uh, most of what we've talked about, is how a lot of people are doing great. Right. And still, every single one of them, when Christoph Waltz is on screen, it's like none of them are there. I it, mean, he, hard... they are all just trying their yeah. best to get anywhere near him. Right. And, and sometimes they get a little close and stuff, you know, but it's he's amazing. just amazing. If he's on screen in this movie, it, I mean, I I loved him in Inglorious Bastards anyway. And when I knew he was working with Tarantino again, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Hopefully right. he doesn't just play some throwaway guy, you know, some village idiot. Right, right. He's there for three minutes. When he's on the screen, I personally didn't care about anybody else, except when they're in Candyland and you've got some major stars sitting at this table. Right. And all I'm looking at is Samuel L. Jackson and Christoph Waltz. Yeah. And and both of them command. Especially everything. when it starts getting heated. And, and then stuff, right then when it when it really starts yeah. switching, when the momentum from Django and and the Doctor switch to Candy and Steven, man, it just it's so so crazy to watch. And you're right, like it's it's not that you know, it's not that Jamie Foxx isn't doing his work. He's actually doing everything he's supposed to be doing. Right. You know, he's he's basically there's a moment when when uh Dr. Schultz tells him what they're gonna do and he's trying to prepare Django. Because at this point we also see in their time together that Django is a lethal weapon. That if he had ever had a gun in his hand, right. you know, a day in his life, he was a sharpshooter from the get go. Right. So he can shoot the eye out of a bird flying away from right. him, you know, that kind of thing. And he's trying to prepare him because he realizes that if he gets there and he sees his wife in a bad way, he can't break character. And it's right. like characters talking about being characters in a character play, you know. Exactly. And, so and he's basically and there's still too many this guy. He's doing his job. He's there's staying too in many character. people to kill. Right. And they're they and have so the law we can't on their side. we can't just go you know, can't just walk in and right. get these guys out of here. So and even though he's doing so well, only someone as seasoned to look in the direction that 
that he is, does Samuel L. Jackson's character see that there's something between his wife Hildy and Django, even though they're playing like they right. never even recognize. Like they don't other. know each other. No one else is paying. No one's paying anything. And nobody – Obviously, nobody, which is kind of fun because they even they talk about her a lot because right. she obviously has this talk with you know the doctor that yeah. um, Candy sets up and right. everything, and so we know about it and we yeah. even like talk about it and say, oh, it looks like you you guys are getting on well mm-hmm. and everything, but the white people would never pay yeah. attention enough right. to anything that was going on between either of them, yep. even though in this character acting thing. Django is a free man right. and has a kind of a role that yeah. he w- is paying a bit of attention to him, right? Yeah. But no one would ever, it, none of the white people would pay enough attention to ever spot anything. Right. And so it's only because you've got the Steven character yeah. there or, or else, you know, everything would have... Everything would have been perfect. Everything would have been fine. You know. All right. Now, we've only got like 20 minutes left and I think we should hit promised land unless you want to unless you've got a lot more to go on with i don't have i don't necessarily have a whole lot to go i feel on, like promised land really could be pretty land quick in like 15 minutes really okay i kind of do i don't know right. i mean it's not i mean i know you didn't like it it's so. not it's not that complicated <laughs> yeah i mean obviously we it <laughs> all could, right no let's do it it could be another hour show yeah but so uh django well, uh, the, the good thing about well the good thing about promised land to make the transition is i don't necessarily think it's an hour show we could probably talk right. about it for an hour. Right, but, we could you know, definitely yeah. do so it let's, for an let's, hour. Let's cover it. You're right. Um, so do we want to give our ratings for Django or wait sure. till the end or what? Whatever you want. I, I'm kind of like four. Yeah. Uh, maybe kind of inching towards four and a half, except maybe not quite, I think. But, you know, four, four and a quarter or whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's... It's another one of those movies where first a lot of it I was sitting there going, Well, this is five stars. Yep. And and yeah. then it, it just didn't for a lot it, it didn't of it I absolutely work out. And you know, here's a weird thing that I was thinking about, um, trying to think of my star rating for this movie. Mm-hmm. A- and this'll be weird, but maybe it will kind of right. explain my four. Because I feel like my rating is four, but I want it to be higher. Yeah. I want I want that to I want people to come away from that almost as though it was a little higher because right. I certainly would recommend it all the time. Right? Yeah. But this is one of those movies where um, I feel like it's going to be, and it's hard to tell after watching it you know, for one second, but this is one of those movies where when you're flipping around the channels in like four or five years, right? right. And, you you see it, and you see it come on, I will always watch it. Yep. You know, it's it's one of those movies. Maybe it's not the best movie there's ever been. Right. But it's one of those movies, and I'm not a huge watching movies over and over right. guy, <laughs> which right. is probably some people think is strange. But well, there's a lot uh, of movies. but it, it has to be the right movie. You right. know, I mean, it has to be the right kind of mood. And this is a movie that I feel like, right. you know, five years from now, when it starts being on cable all the time, yeah. I will not be able. To c- keep clicking past the, and not just watch this is a good, whenever this is a it good comes point. out. Because you know? there are two films for me, three. Well, all right, that's not true. Now well, I'm ten. thinking this. <laughs> I can start thinking, because as soon as I start thinking of the two in my head, I'm like, well, there's always Young Frankenstein, and I, you know, there's a list. Right. But the two, the two biggest ones, <laughs> the, the Ford Fairlane, you know, the two biggest ones for me is if I see Jaws or I see Star Wars on, and it doesn't matter what scene. Right. If it's three minutes from the end, if Brody's about to shoot the shark, Sorry if I'm ruining a 30-year-old movie for everybody. <laughs> if he's about to put you know, the bullet into Bruce's mouth and explode him, I still sit right there and watch. Or right. if it's the the woman just skinny dipping. If it and, just and I know, and I look whatever, at my clock right. and I'm like, well, I got two hours. I'm not doing a <laughs> right. damn thing. Django is going to be a type of film. I'm curious to see how I will feel when I see it again and I want to see it again. Right. You know, There's a lot of films out. I don't – like you, I don't have the time to just watch movies over and over and over again. But there are some films that – that I need to do when they're on, and this is probably going to be one of them. That's a really good way of explaining it. Right, and, and, and I get the whole. And, and like, you, you know, that's the thing too, because of all the movies we reviewed this year, mm-hmm. there are maybe like two of them that I'll ever watch again, maybe three. But I can, you, you know, it's not like it's not like seventy five percent of every right. movie I, you know, that I'm just right. desperate to see again or something. I just don't. Always watch, I don't watch a lot of movies, again. and I've actually already again. watched the Avengers again, and I was pretty happy that I did yeah. because you know I really, I, I right, I was not as in love with it as you were when we first saw that. Yeah. And then I I, I watched it. it again, and I 
you come I, up a little bit. I, I think I moved up. The Avengers bit. is a hard one. I see it a lot because uh, my girlfriend's son loves it. Right. And I'm going to see Wreck-It Ralph. I'm going to see Paranormal. I'm going to see a fair number of these right. over again. And then when I'm in the mood to see, you know, a, an adult one, I'm going to watch The Dark Knight again. Well, yeah. You know, right. but, but you're right. There, but I'm, as I'm as not going to ever see far, Prometheus again. As far as, far as movies that – Or Dark it, Shadows. As far as movies that you go, well, I really need to see that again or whatever. Right. And this movie, I already feel like – yeah, you know, I will probably, you know, ten years from now, I will have seen this movie a lot. It's, it's going to be one of these things where my first reaction is, you know, an eighty-five, you know, and that's four and a quarter. Right. I almost want to say four and a half because I think even though my biggest, my biggest negative about the film is that it just felt kind of uneven for the length, like the pacing just right. didn't have it. And I don't know, is that big enough to really knock it down three quarters of a star or just half a star? Right. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I I could... Yeah, it's, re- I actually, it's you know really... What? I'm, it, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm having a lot of fun talking about it and thinking about it. I feel, you know, when I, when I saw it, I thought 85, 90. You know, it wasn't right. five star, but it didn't fall too far from it. I'm I'm pretty comfortable saying four and a half stars with it. Right. And it's not, you know, and you know no big it, difference it, there between It's them, weird, so. like I said, because it is a lot of fun. When you leave, you will have had a lot of fun. You will yeah. have been to the bathroom is, three or four times, right. but, you will, <laughs> right. but you will have had a lot this of fun. This is kind of interesting. We got, we've got our question in the chat room. So, and it's, it's, it's a good question. Uh, what is the historical significance of using the N-word, and what do you think was Tarantino's reason for using it so many times? You know... I feel like watching the movie that the theory was just that, you know, kind of the same as like, uh, why did everybody smoke all the time? I mean, just because everyone smoked all the time then. And now, am I absolutely sure that people said the N word all the time as much as they do or they called them other things? Or, you know, did they have, yeah, in this exact time frame, was that the word that was popular? Was that, Right. Or, or you know, were there even worse things yeah. that they used all the time that, you know, people don't even use now or right. things that, you know, I have no idea. It's if, like if that's really historically I accurate for the time frame that we're yeah. in, I think it is. But I would be completely open I, to somebody correcting me I on that. I absolutely defer to anyone who but is I a history feel like, like that. But it does seem – I feel like that's the theory. I, Though. It's funny. I don't know if anybody out there. Um, I don't know if you, I, I would expect you to have seen Deadwood, but yeah, one of the big things against Deadwood, which was a Wild West, you know, HBO show that had a lot of acclaim and notoriety for it, was that they don't really talk like that, you know, and that there was right. a ton of. I mean, you want to hear right. a filthy mouth, you know. This was just one filthy language after another. F bomb right. here, bad word there. And I don't know. I mean, there are people that well, do know, and now, I defer to them entirely. But I don't right. know. And as far as as far as um, coming up with, you know, what was his reason for using it over and over again, I won't pretend to know anything that Quentin Tarantino chooses, unless he's said it on a track or an interview. I know that he has, throughout his entire career, not been afraid of saying the word nigger, and right. not been afraid of having his characters say or it. doing a lot, a lot of flack. or doing a lot of cursing in a lot of. Right. strange ways right. and situations and stuff like that. And, you know, kind of jumping off of this, um, I will say that it is um, a lot of the other cussing uh-huh. is totally historically inaccurate. Yeah, People did not cuss using those words right. it, during that time. Right. I, I mean, not not completely in the way. I mean, some of it probably right. or whatever, right. but... A lot of the uh, a lot of the cussing people do in this movie could be like straight out of like Pulp Fiction, right? And you know, cussing got somewhere in the last, right? Yeah, you know, however many years, right? I yeah, mean, that's like there's there are points during the movie where I'm sitting there listening to it, going, "Well, that's weird." I mean, right. it it kind of like stands out because. Some of what they do, you're going, uh, I don't know about that. Right. But as far as the N-word, that I don't really know. But it yeah. seems like, anyway, yeah. that the theory is just to try and be kind of historically accurate. I mean, at, there was a Who point knows? There was a point yeah. when everyone used that word right. all the time and no one cared. And, right. it, you know, that was 
that was I mean they were slaves. And it's, that was, it, I mean no one's gonna you know I can't encompass you know the history and the offense and you know how it makes people feel except to know that everybody hates hearing it today. And you're right, there was a time when it wasn't you know it wasn't seen that way that it was it was a common word thrown around. I mean not by the and white people saying it right, anyway, right? right. I mean, this but, is actually you know and it, there is one other follow up question I actually yep. thought was actually not bad. He's, you know we have another person. Well we have the same person actually saying you haven't mentioned the brutality of the slave trade. How hard was it to watch that aspect of the movie? And clearly the person um, posting in the chat room um, investing. It is uh, someone who's seen the film, I think, because they're asking it, it questions, would seem so, yeah. or they've read enough about it. That you know, were you bothered by anything that you saw in that in that aspect of the movie? I wasn't really, and I, you know, I think that in a very, it's very strange because there is a lot of kind of you know, there's like goriness kind of, mm -hmm. and there's you know, one of the things that's weird and to a certain extent, kind of Tarantino-ish, you know, like when the woman gets shot and goes flying off in the wrong direction. And right. By the way, we're uh, we're probably obviously not doing Promised Land anymore. Yeah, we'll, we'll cover it. We'll, at the we'll, start do, of the we'll do that quickly at the next one, yeah. I guess. But anyway, um, you know, there is a lot of people getting shot where they bleed way more than people bleed. Yeah, you right? like a lot of blood. Packet. And you know, when people get shot, there are a lot of things in movies that he does where you know I know there. are a lot of nitpicky people and, mm -hmm. and things where, you know, I know, I know like firemen who can't watch backdraft right. because they just go, right. that has nothing to do with how fire really right. works or yeah. fires or whatever. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. And there are some nitpicky things like, you know, it, if you actually no, have an idea of what happens when a person's get shot with a bullet, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of blood, right? Right. And, you know, if you get shot in the head, there's a lot of like, brains flying mm -hmm. or whatever right but you know if you get like shot in the leg like you know five buckets of blood don't come right flying out of your leg right. or anything yeah. i mean it's you know there's it's a very weird thing that happens with the with the goriness of this movie because yeah. sometimes people will get shot and blood will just fly everywhere right and sometimes people will get shot and they'll just like go oh i got shot in the leg and right. it doesn't do anything so it's like I don't know. Is there yeah. like some consistency or something? But with the, I guess brutality specifically, there's a lot of stuff in here that's really, really brutal. There's one thing that happens that is clearly meaningful for, uh, right. you know, the characters that we that we did this very pointedly, so mm -hmm. that later on, you know, we could think about it right. and think about the fact that we had to watch it. Except that what we actually saw of it was not very brutal right. or gross looking or or anything. it was just that we had the idea that it was happening. It was actually done sort of perfect creepy well. and it would have been it, less effective if we had seen more of this torture of right. one slave and that you only heard a bit and then saw very fast flashes of it, but then that was it. Right, you but had it's, to, you had to literally do all the work it's so, yourself. It's so strange, I think, because in a movie where there is, we're not afraid of being gory, right? It, to some extent. I mean, it's not right. insanely gore right, no. everywhere or whatever. Right. But in a movie where we're not afraid to see gore when people get shot and stuff like that, yeah, what you actually see mm -hmm. in this one part is is really pretty tame actually. Yeah. What what it is is that you get the idea of it happening and they mm -hmm. tell you that it's happening and yeah. And like at first they say that it's happening and you kind of hear noises but you don't see anything and then mm -hmm. you when you do kind of look at it real quick what you're actually seeing is hardly anything. I mean, right. you're, you're there's there's an interesting moment in the scene that we're not ruining, and I don't think it's been shown in any trailer, and that's why I'm not outing it. Yeah, you know, I but don't, there's a I don't there's really a very that. there's a very um, you know violent retribution against a slave that tried to run off the plantation. Right. And the interesting thing about this was um, not only is Candy bringing back uh, fighters, you know, Mandingo for this this basically. Brawl, you know, bare knuckle brawling, like fight right. to the slave death, kind of thing, slave fighting, slave fighting. Right. Um, that when this this retribution, when this punishment happens, the only person who has kind of a difficulty with it is the white people, not Candy, because you kind of realize he's a monster. Right. You know, Doctor Doctor Schultz kind of he. I watched him. He because again, my eyes are anytime he's on, I'm watching to right. see what he Schultz had, is doing. He had great reaction. He looked away. That, he kind right. of like dismissed it. 
and his um, Candy's kind of fancy, you know, lawyer who's a very yeah. you know fussy kind of man. But Django stares right at it and right. and shows Candy that you know what you do doesn't scare me. You know, and the right. other slaves they they are affected by it because what they're watching is brutal. But they're not they're not really affected, you know, the way a person would necessarily like, if it happened. They are like, like they so are, hardened to it. They are sealed too, yeah. against it. Right. And there's a there's an interesting thing there that I think Tarantino's trying to say, which is all of these things that had happened, it had happened so much that it didn't actually affect them outwardly anymore. They may right. have very well been and you, you get the sense that Django is not happy that this is happening kind of you know, for his benefit, you know, to try to make Candy seem superior. Right. And, and he has a, a great line against too. him, you know. And, and even, you know, there's a later part where there's kind of, you know, I guess we're trying to sell the brutality mm-hmm. without, you know, there's a part where Candy um, loses his mind. Right. And we right. sort of talk about the brutality that's about to happen unless you do what I want you to. Right. But we don't actually get the brutality but it's right. almost like it's as bad as if we did right. just because of right just because of the well, way he talks about it that's a good and, point and it actually like promotes that this that this happens and had and it has happened you know it may not be happening in this scene but it is happening and it had happened a long time ago you right. know, it's not the first time and especially when we eventually get to that one scene you were talking about Samuel L. Jackson is giving this kind of speech to Django yeah. and he talks about it which i think is really kind of a wild way this comes together is that you know everybody's talking about various ways to kill slaves right. and everything and Samuel L. Jackson is basically saying, you know, we do that too. We do that all the time. We do that Why five that times special? a week. Yeah. Right. So it's that's not... an awesome that's an awesome moment too, um, that I, I started to touch on earlier and I just forgot that it is Samuel L. Jackson is talking to Django about this moment, but he is also a professor in that moment and he's telling us the history. Like that scene works right, exactly. on different levels. That it is it is a facilitator to remind us and tell us of how brutal things were. He's basically saying to Django what we need to learn historically if we don't already, which is this stuff happened all the time. Right. It was no big deal. And, and in fact, he's kind of giving himself away in a, yeah. in like a tiny bit. It's interesting because as you're watching this movie, you can. So quickly, just like you're supposed to, you can so quickly like just be, I, I guess, kind of more disgusted with mm-hmm. his character than yeah. even DiCaprio right. than Candy, right? Yeah. And so when he gives this speech, he's he's also kind of like, you know, giving you a little insight to explaining himself, right? You know, because he's supposed to be. God knows how old he's supposed to be, but right. he's supposed to be right. really old. Right. And, you know, this is where he's been his yeah. whole life. And Django so has a great moment. This is later. what it worked out for. Yeah. For Django him. Django asks him rhetorically later, you know, he's not in a position to answer, you know, how many have you seen come and go? Right. Thousand, five thousand. You know, and as he keeps asking, he keeps upping what he's doing and that's a big moment too. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's really interesting going on in that moment, and in a lot of ways, um, I would have loved to have seen. I'm not surprised that DiCaprio is getting Best Supporting Actor, you know, nods for stuff. I would love to see a lot more for Samuel L. Jackson. Right. I just assume Christoph Waltz is going to get them, and he should. Well, he didn't get them from the Critics' Choice anyway, and maybe that Critics. maybe that will be fixed by well, the Academy or something. Who knows? I I hope so because they obviously uh, loved him in Inglorious yeah. Bastards, so maybe that will play won, out. You know, I mean, and we need to uh, try and wrap up. Yeah. But speaking of the Critics' Choice on uh, January 10th, once again, CW the. the Critics' Choice Movie Awards are January 10th, on, as you just said, on the CW. And next week, we're st- I think we'll still do... We can do all kinds of stuff. We'll do everything, yeah. right. And if you tuned in hoping for The Promised Land, then I apologize for not getting to that. But I will tell all, you, yeah. since it's not come out yet, and you might be looking forward to right. when it comes out, I liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, I really, really liked it, and I was kind of surprised to like. It I was surprised how much I liked it. Based on 
just based on what it's, you, you know, the overall what it's about. Everybody right. says fracking every time they say the movie. And then yeah. you kind of go, oh, great. It's about this right. whole whatever. But I really liked it. It was really yeah. good. It was a lot of fun. And we will uh, get to that next week. And we will also have our best lists. And, and one, one quick yep. other side thing, which is you've got one more day to do the Wreck-It Ralph uh, awesome giveaway. This ends on the end of the month. So. Yeah. We're going to happen, and but go ahead and try to jump try in. To jump in. <laughs> we'll you, see. you and 30 of your friends want and, to uh, try and get in on that. Everybody be safe. Have a good New Year. And we'll, right. and, we'll uh, see you soon. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> That's the end, dude. I love it. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.